so let me, let me explain my hair real quick. <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not trying to be like Ivan Drago or Guy Fieri. I lost a bet, and uh, I'm grateful that I lost this bet because kids brought in a bunch of money this week, as well as a bunch of canned goods, so that was really cool. And um, we supported the Pantry of Angels, which is one of my very favorite local ministries. They serve hundreds of people, hundreds of people throughout our community who are in uh, need of a financial boost. So thanks for bringing in money so that we could support them. If you are a part of our church family, welcome. Hope you'll be at the picnic. If you are a first-timer and you don't have a church home, we're so glad that you came here. And I know that we have some people from other local churches who are here today. You'll go back to your local church next Sunday. But we're, we're the kingdom of God, right? Not just, not just this. We're just a slice of the kingdom here at Brack. So uh, thanks for being here today. I'm looking forward to a good picnic afterwards. I want to um, just address one question in my sermon today, and it's a really important question. And it's, what's your purpose? What's your purpose? Why is the, what's the reason that you exist? What's your why? What gets you out of bed every morning? What motivates you when times are good as well as when times are bad? What's your purpose? Now, if you're a church person, you've been around church, you could probably find a Bible verse to kind of tell you what your purpose is. But I would, I would rather look at your life to define what your purpose is. It's not necessarily what you say, but it's what you do that demonstrates what our purpose is. Here's a quote from famous psychologist Jordan Peterson, who said, you can only find out what you actually believe rather than what you think you believe by watching how you act. So it's your life that really says to the world, this is my purpose, not necessarily what you say. To put it another way, let's say that there actually is alien life, right? We assign an alien to watch you for the next month. They watched you when you woke up, when you went to work, when you raised your kids, when you taught your kids, when you went to lunch, dinner, and they saw how you um, used your finances and spent time with your kids. How do you think that alien would define your purpose based on the way that you live your life? They might say something like this, hey, I watched this person for a whole month, and I conclude that this person's purpose is that they would have well-behaved and successful kids, right? That they would do well academically, that they'd do well athletically and in their extracurriculars, and that they would just be polite. Maybe the alien would say, that seems to be your purpose. Maybe they'd say, they're all about achievement, right? They're, they're about moving up the ladder and getting trophies and making more money and defining themselves by their career. Maybe it's all about achievement. Or maybe it's about just being happy and healthy. Like maybe you're not someone who necessarily wants to achieve a lot, but you're like, I just want to be happy, right? I want to be joyful. I want to be a healthy person, you know, who can walk and talk and, you know, exercise every once in a while. Maybe, maybe the alien would say, I've looked at your life for a month and I've noticed that you're really into influence, connections, networks. You're all about making friends. That seems to be the purpose of your life. So that, that's what I want to talk about today. What is your purpose? And every time I get, give a sermon, I try to apply it to myself. And this is one of those sermons that is really helpful for me to think about what is my purpose, because I'm in midlife, you know, and there's that whole thing called a midlife crisis, which we don't want to have a midlife crisis. Midlife crises are okay, but we don't want to have a midlife blow up, right? Here's how one uh, psychologist defined a midlife crisis, when a person begins to question the things that they have accomplished or achieved, and whether those same things still 
provide a sense of fulfillment and meaning. Like maybe when you were in your 20s, you felt fulfilled and you felt accomplished. And now that you're in your mid-40s like me, maybe you're thinking like, is this all there is to life? Like, is there more? I mean, have I accomplished everything that I wanted to? And so maybe you're wrestling with your purpose a little bit. Here's some of the symptoms of a midlife crisis. It's feelings of anger, right? Some of you say, actually, the older I get, the more entitled I get, and the more I struggle with anger, right? Some of you can relate to that. Or boredom. It's like, I just kind of feel bored with life right now. Maybe you just feel empty. You thought that you would be more fulfilled, but you just kind of have this empty feeling or irritability, especially if you got like a lot of little kids, you might feel irritable a lot. And you're like, why am I so irritable? It's because you're not getting sleep and you know, you got all that. Or resentment. Maybe you got some relationships that haven't worked out well, some broken friendships. Maybe you're in your second or your third marriage and you're really battling resentment. Dramatic changes in appearance, such as bleaching your hair and getting a blue mohawk. You know, maybe, maybe I actually made the kids do that because I'm going through a midlife crisis. Maybe, maybe that's what's going on there. So I, I want us to, you know, wherever you are, some of you are like, I'm only in my 20s and I'm feeling this. You know, so I think it's good for us every once in a while to just pause and say, what's my purpose? Why am I here? Why do I exist? And so that's what we're going to attempt to answer today, really in one statement. And I've been trying to drill this statement home to the kids this past week and many different ways. And by the end of this sermon, you're, you're going to know what your purpose is, and it's going to be clear. The question is, is that how you're going to live your life? So we're going to get it from the book of Colossians. For the past several weeks, it seems like forever, we've been going through Romans. We're going to take a break, get back to Romans next week. But today we're going to look at Paul's letter to the Colossians. Here's our map, the Apostle Paul who traveled from Jerusalem up to uh, uh, Antioch on the road to Damascus wants to cut off Christianity but meets Christ and starts to plant a bunch of churches and encourage people. And one of the, the churches that had been planted by his friend named Epaphras, he had actually never been to Colossae, but while he's in a Roman prison in 60 AD, about 30 years after the resurrection of Christ, he's got some downtime, right? And I think maybe God's like, okay, Paul, you are driven to achieve, right? Because it's good to be driven to achieve. You are moving fast and you're making a difference, but I want you to slow down and spend some time in jail. And as he's in jail, he's got some time to reflect about his purpose in life. And he writes this to the church at Colossae about 30 years after the resurrection of Christ. So the, the Christian faith is brand new. And these are people who had grown up in a pluralistic culture. In other words, they've got, you know, paganism, kind of multiple gods. We're going to worship all kind of gods in hopes that one of them is correct. And if I appease him, maybe I won't get struck by lightning. That's what some of the Colossians are wrestling with. Materialism, like this is all there is to life. Eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we die. There's no afterlife. They're kind of wrestling with that. And then they kind of mix some Christianity in there as well. So they've got all these worldviews going on, and Paul wants to address it and give them the ultimate meaning of life. So he doesn't want them to wrestle with these other religions and these other philosophies. He wants them to think like a Christian. He wants them to have a Christian worldview. So this is what Paul writes from Roman prison to the church at Colossae about 30 years after the resurrection. He says this, Paul, an apostle, you know, which means one who is sent, 
of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. This was the guy whom he mentored, who would later become one of the pastors or leaders in the church at Ephesus. Timothy, our brother, to the holy and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God. I'm thankful for you, church at Colossae, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints. And so he starts out with this letter encouraging them, right? Building them up, inspiring them, saying, thank you for making such a difference in the world. And, and I want to say to you, Thank you for being a part of this church. For those of you who call this church home and you're involved and you give and you serve, it's making a difference. And we saw it this past week. I mean, when we gave them an invitation to meet Christ, we had 25 first-time decisions. We had about 50 or 60 kids go out to pray with their leaders. And I talked to Ann Weimer, our children's director, and she went through the cards and she said, I think there's probably about 25 kids who got rescued, yeah, who got rescued from the, the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. That's a big deal. That's a big deal that we made an eternal impact in 25 kids' lives, and not to mention the other 125 kids who came to build up their friendships and get to know God better and better. So thank you for participating in this church. Thank you to all of you volunteers who tirelessly served this past week to make such a big difference. As Sarah just mentioned on the video, if you have a kid or even you want to go public with your faith and get baptized, we're going to do that on August 20th. You can just go to our website, beartownroad.org baptism, and we will celebrate new life with you on that day. So Paul says to the church at Colossae, all over the world, I want you to know that this gospel is bearing fruit and growing. It's not just bearing fruit in your little neck of the woods, Colossians, but it's also reaching people here in Rome and people in Ephesus and people in Laodicea, people all over the Roman world. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So, you know, this past week we talked about spiritual warfare, right? That there's a battle going on with the unseen world. And can you imagine teaching spiritual warfare to preschool kids? <laughs> and so we, we pray, God, help them to understand this. Help them to understand some deep and profound and sophisticated truth. God, would you send your spirit to this place? And we pray this in order that you may live a life, dot, dot, dot. Now, this is it. Okay, so if you, if you fell asleep or if you're watching online looking at something, so I need you to come back because this is huge. This is the purpose of your life. This is the reason that you exist. This is why God made you. This is why he has you in this little slice of history for such a time as this. Here it is. That you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. So we would say to the kids, what's your purpose? What's your purpose? And the New Living Translation makes this a, a little bit more memorable. It says this, always honor and please the Lord. Always honor and please the Lord. So we would give them big swords, like big Braveheart swords and little 
sharp swords, you know, and we would, we'd run outside and we'd say, I will always honor and please the Lord. You know, and then there was this little watermelon with a picture of Satan on it, and they'd slice the watermelon. And there was a picture of Satan on devil food cake, you know, and they'd stab the thing, and they'd say, I will always honor and please the Lord, because that's your purpose. That's the reason that we're here. And here's the thing. That purpose statement has steel. That purpose statement has Teflon, that no matter what you're going through, if you have a kid who's not doing so well, maybe has a learning disability and isn't achieving as well as you thought he would be, you can still achieve your purpose. If your job's not going too well or you're not making good friendships or life is difficult, you can still achieve your purpose of honoring and pleasing the Lord because you can do that regardless of your circumstances, regardless of if the arrow is pointing down and to the left regardless of how your relationship, regardless of if you hit a financial bump, your purpose, Paul says, from a Roman prison is that you would honor and please the Lord, that you'd honor and please the Lord, and that you would bear fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. The New Living Translation defines it or translates it like this, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better, it was wise for you to send your kids to Summer Blast this week so that they can get to know God better and better. It's wise for you to study the scriptures and get in groups and get involved in the church that you may know him better and better because if you want to please him, you got to know him. You got to know him. So, um, illustration, my wife, uh, when I got her a gift for like Mother's Day or birthday, I bought her a necklace with a little heart on it. I thought that was nice. I'm like, I think she'll like this. And, and she got it, and, you know, she put a little smile on her face, but she didn't wear it all year. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll try it again. So the next year, I bought her another necklace with, with a heart on it, and she, she still didn't wear it. And then I think maybe third time's a charm, so I bought her another, like, a couple years later or whatever. I bought her a necklace with a, with a heart. She finally said, I, I don't like necklaces with heart. Why do you keep buying this for me? And so I returned it, and... I'm still trying to figure out what to get her for birthday and Christmas and all of that sort of thing. Here's the problem. I never t- took the time to really figure out what she likes. So I kept buying her things that don't please her, right? So if you want to figure out what honors and pleases God, you got to get to know him better and better, and you'll understand what pleases him. And then you'll be strengthened, with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. I thank you for serving this past week. I thank you, those of you who are part of this church, who display great endurance and patience even when those kids try your patience. And joyfully, some of you do it joyfully. You give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. I, I love this word, qualified. You ever go to a job interview and you're like, I think I nailed it, and then they call you back and they say, you're not qualified. And you're like, oh, I'm not qualified. And, and it's easy to walk around this life thinking I'm not qualified. I don't think I qualify in God's kingdom. I don't think I qualify to work. I don't think I qualify. We walk around with that, and, and yet you know that in Christ Jesus, you're qualified, not because of your performance, but because of his performance on your behalf. Man, that's good news. He, here's, how, 
Here's how he ends. Well, this is the last verse we're going to look at. This is kind of the main verse that we hit home this past week. This is the theme of the week, okay? For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's good news. When you drove to the church, you probably passed Beartown Redemption Center, which takes those plastic bottles and glass bottles that you considered throwing away, but you said, no, I'm going to hand them in, and they're going to get redeemed. Well, you know you came to this redemption center today, too, to realize that you're not being thrown away, but you got a purpose, so God has redeemed you for a new purpose, and that's to honor and please him. See, you used to be in this bad kingdom, right? You used to be ruled by the philosophies and the deceptive teachings, but now you're in the new kingdom, the kingdom of God led by the God of the universe who is Jesus Christ. Now, there, there's a ruler of the bad kingdom. We talked about this this past week that uh, at one point, it was really cool, with the younger group, there were a bunch of kids who spoke different languages. Some kids spoke Korean. Some kids spoke Chinese. Most of us spoke just English, but we all have a native language. Right? It's the language that we use that just comes out of our nature. Well, you know, Satan has a language too, right? And, and here's, how, here's how Jesus described it. There's no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language. Every time he speaks, he speaks a lie. It's always a lie because that's his native language. Now, the, the trick for us is discerning if it's the devil speaking or if it's the Lord speaking. And I'll tell you some of the ways that Satan's been speaking to you and speaking to me that's real tempted to believe. And these come into the form of, as Paul uses this metaphor, flaming arrows, right? Flaming arrows are being shot at us all the time, and they're being shot at our children, right? They go like this, that your purpose is found in your kid's success. So just sign them up for as many activities as you can get them in, because you need to, you need to feel good about yourself, because when your kid has success, you'll feel better about yourself, Right? So just keep on, keep on running them around and get yourself all worn out. And it doesn't matter if it messes with your marriage. Just keep on running your kids around. That's a lie from the enemy, right? Another one, achievement. Just keep on going after it. Keep on going after it. Now, achievement is good, but when you, when you get your identity and your purpose according to your achievement, whoo, what happens when things go south? Or happiness. What happens when you encounter some tough times or influence? What happens when you have a broken relationship, a broken marriage, when you lose your job or you move away and you're looking around and saying, I, I need some friends. I need some people on my side. See, this, this purpose statement to honor and please God at all times is stormproof. So when these arrows start shooting your way, if you're a Christian, if you've been transferred into the kingdom of light, you've been given a shield of faith to protect you from the flaming arrows. You have been given the great task of being a kingdom keeper, of protecting the kingdom of God against the lies of the devil. And here's... here's Here's what's interesting. This is easier to talk about than to actually do because obviously the bad kingdom has a wide road. Jesus said more people are going to find the bad kingdom than the good kingdom. 
because it's easier. It's the way of the culture. It's easy to absorb the lies. And many people are going to choose the wide gate that ultimately leads to destruction, but I want you to choose the narrow gate that leads to life. Jesus would call this the abundant life, the good life. It's not necessarily easier, but it is better. It is better. And it leads to peace, and it leads to joy, and it leads to fruit. So the question is, are you, are you going to choose the, the narrow road? Or are you going to do what it seems like everybody else is doing? You might think to yourself, okay, so Paul talked about that in Colossians. If that's a big statement, our purpose in life, or there are any other places where Paul talks about this, well, while he was in prison... He also wrote a letter to the church at Ephesus. And he said this, For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord and live as children of light. And Whatever you do, find out what pleases the Lord. Get to know him and find out what he likes find out what pleases him. He said the same thing in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So we make it our goal, our aim in life, your purpose in life. This is why you exist, to please him, to please him. The arrows are going to keep coming. The lies are going to keep getting shot into your head to make you believe that your purpose is in all these other things. And we're always tempted to build our identity and our worth on what we do and what our kids do. But that doesn't bring life that is truly life. That doesn't bring fulfillment. Because you were created. Your purpose is to always honor and please the Lord. Always honor and please the Lord. And that's how you become a keeper of the kingdom. So think about that situation you're in right now, that decision you gotta make when it comes to your career, when it comes to that relationship, when it comes to that financial purchase, or just our daily interactions that we have with people that kinda get under our skin a little bit. You can fulfill your purpose no matter what Satan throws at you, no matter what situation you find yourself in, because you can always honor and please the Lord. Honor and please the Lord, whatever it takes, and you will fulfill the purpose that God has for you. I'm going to give you a minute to just be silent right now and to think about this. The worship team's going to come up. We're going to close with a song about being keepers of the kingdom and engaging in this battle where Satan shoots his lies towards us. But I want every, every eye closed in the room right now. If you're watching online, go ahead and close your eyes. And think about whatever situation you find yourself in nowadays. And give it to the Lord and say, God, how can I please you and honor you in this situation? When I go to work tomorrow, how can I please you and honor you? Because at the end of the day, that is my purpose. Go ahead and take a moment to think about that, and then we'll close this service with a song.